your show host, Dr. Alan Chong, a.k.a. The Spine Doctor himself, is a practicing chiropractor for over 33 years, business practice coach and owner of three clinics in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. His weekly guest experts will share with you the very best secrets to their own success. Their inspiring stories will be sure to show and teach you to see and achieve more in your own personal life and professional practice. Dr. Chong's dynamic and entertaining interview style allows you to just sit back and enjoy every moment as you discover the gems found in each and every podcast. We realize that you're on a journey to your own success and mastery. This podcast will allow you to learn from some of the masters in chiropractic practice, marketing, and business. Allow easy inspirations and new ideas to nudge you on a path to your future practice success and practice mastery. Stay tuned now for another exciting episode of Practice Mastery, your call to greatness. Now here's your host, Dr. Alan Chong. Welcome to the show, everybody. Practice Mastery Podcast. We have a really special guest today from afar away. And uh, he is the president and founder of New Zealand College of Chiropractic. As a former highly successful practicing chiropractor for 28 years, he is now well-known and respected in the field as a chiropractic thought leader and influencer. As chairman of the board of the college trustees for 10 years and a member of faculty for over 20 years, he's been the president for the last four years. Dr. Phil, as he's affectionately known as, has played an integral role in shaping chiropractic education in New Zealand and worldwide, a strong visionary and lover of chiropractic and fine New Zealand wines. Dr. McMaster has presented worldwide on the philosophy of chiropractic. Welcome to the show, Practice Mastery, Dr. Phil McMaster. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate the invitation and just hearing that introduction and, and very nice of you to share that. I was thinking, boy, those numbers are changing. It's actually been seven years since I've been the president now. And Oh, my goodness. Practice. I got an old bio. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but uh, time goes very, very quickly. Right. So uh, you're, you're in exciting times right now. I understand mm-hmm. you're waiting for uh, your daughter to have first, second, third child? This will be her third and my seventh grandchild. So I'm, uh, I had to quickly get back to my, my home base in Toport, which is where I practiced for nearly 30 years, because that's where she and her husband have set up practice. I got the call a couple of days ago to um, head down here because I'm supposed to be part of the birthing team. Oh, there you go. He's he's a doula as well, is he? Unofficially. Well, that's so terrific. Well, wow, that 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 is exciting. So you Ooh. got excitement in your nerves right now. So let's <laughs> dive right in. Great to connect with you. Um, what did it feel like to be in your practice, I believe, for about 28 years, right? What did it feel like to be in practice? Well, I don't want to make it sound like a cliche, Alan, but I was very, very fortunate to have the practice of my dreams. It was what I dreamed about when I was at chiropractic college and was starting to think about how I might practice, what it might look like, what it might smell like, how it might be laid out, that sort of thing. Um, I visualized for myself what I thought would be the ideal practice. And very, very fortunately, I got it. And I ended up in, a, in the practice 
exactly as I would have liked to have been. It changed, it evolved a little bit as they all do, but uh, essentially I was just having fun every day. It was just fantastic. Wow. And, and tell, tell us a little bit about, it was a small town in, in New Zealand, but um, it, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, roses and flowers right away, was it? <laughs> no, not really. Um, however, I was very, very clear. I think the real success came when I, I was very, very clear where I wanted to live. The place that I wanted to practice in, Topol, is in the middle of the North Island of New Zealand with a great big lake with the water so fresh you can just drink the water straight out of it. And I just had an affinity with this place and decided that's where I wanted to practice and that's where I did come to practice. It's a town of about twenty-two to 25,000 people in the in the town itself, but the greater area where there's a lot of forestry and farming uh, calls on about 32,000 in total. Um, the practice grew very, very quickly. I had a, a real clear plan in my head what I wanted to do and how I wanted to approach it. And, um, yeah, very, very quickly grew and became a totally referral-based practice. I never did any... Um, what do you call those? Uh, those Facebook ads. Mall. No, <laughs> there was no such thing as Facebook back then, Alan. As you may well remember, this was in 1985. Right. <laughs> of course, I was just, yeah. just fooling you. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's um, it, it was it was just a fantastic experience. I had a young family myself then. We had uh, two boys, one that was just born, so. You know, there was a little bit of pressure, I suppose, to, to make sure that we were doing things right. But I, I took a slightly different approach from most uh, in terms of my fee system was very different. I um, I equated it to very much that of like going to a gym. So I always thought that, you know, chiropractic care is an ongoing thing. If you want to continue to benefit from chiropractic care, you've got to continue to get checked by a chiropractor. And it seemed to me that chiropractors were saying that, but they were not supporting that in their fee systems, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> they were using right. more medical-based fee systems where it was, you know, as per needed, when needed, you pay for it. So I set myself up with a system where people had the option of joining. It's like joining the gym. A membership, you, right? Yeah, it was a membership thing. And uh, as it turned out, uh, the vast majority of people did this. About 85% of all my new patients decided to opt for this. And interestingly, because I kept all the statistics, 94% of all of those people renewed every year after. So it was kind of like you just had a family. You were building more people in the family. And then as I needed it, I got an um, associates in and that sort of thing. And the practice is still going today, even though I haven't been in it. And, and what's it called? So, so when the people come and visit New Zealand and, and go to your your mecca, yeah. it's uh, it's actually still called McMaster Chiropractic Centre. Um, the 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 principal chiropractor in that practice now is Alex Fierro. Um, but because it's called McMaster Chiropractic Centre, a lot of people think that Alex must have been my son. <laughs> Actually, he wasn't. But my daughter and her husband have just opened a practice in the same town, and they are called Lake Topol Chiropractic. 
Oh, there you so go. They, it's it's just going fabulously well for everybody. Well, that, that that's awesome. Now, what would you attribute to you? T- you talked about one of the success factors. A big part of the success factor was was creating a membership type of thing. Now, I don't know if it was kind of unlimited care for you know a, a fixed fee of so much monthly, as opposed to relief care. But what what would you say was the you know, one or two biggest uh, uh, secrets to your success that way? Look, I think that's pretty simple. I've already uh, touched on the first one, and that is I was living where I loved to live. And that was the first thing. Uh, another thing is when you are living somewhere that you really want to live, you you can't help but get involved in your community. And I was very involved in the community here. Um, I was... I was still playing rugby in those days um, and playing at a pretty high level, um, provincial rugby in New Zealand here, which is fairly strong. So I was reasonably well known around town um, because I was playing rugby at a pretty high level, which is a little bit unusual for professionals to also be involved in in rugby at that level. Um, But I also became a part of that community in terms of being on boards and associations related to sport and rugby. Um, As a result of that, after I'd finished playing rugby, I used to do a radio show uh, locally on the the radio here in Topol every week, a Saturday morning local sports radio show. And we'd have guests and we'd talk about national, international and local sport. And I suppose that just sort of, there was a profile there. They just knew that this was uh, Phil, the chiropractor, the local chiropractor, Phil McMaster. So um, there was a lot of talk, you know, there was talk of chiropractic, but not directly. It was indirectly. Right. We were, I was also very much involved in uh, New Zealand Ironman. I was a director of New Zealand Ironman, and that event is held here in, in Topol. And as a result of that, you know, I had hundreds of people that were kind of working under me in this organization. So it's really just a matter of getting involved and and being part of your community and giving back. And that set me up extremely well because when people thought of chiropractic, they thought of us. Well, especially in a small community or, or if you think of in the suburbs where, you know, practitioners can create community, that, that's brilliant. I mean, you know, to be a, a, a well-respected figure in your uh, immediate community and to be very involved as opposed to just advertising and promoting, correct? Oh, absolutely. I don't think – we never really advertised at all, but we did um, – we would sponsor events and we'd get involved in events. And yeah, obviously the kids were at school. We got involved there as well. So it's all PR. It's not advertising. Sure. Exactly. So tell me what shifting gears a little bit, what does practice mastery mean to you? Well, I think the first word practice, practice leads to mastery is really the way I read it because it's something when we're all, well, even when we're in practice for 30, 40 years, whatever it is, there's still, we're still trying to get better. We're still trying to do things better or become uh, more excellent in what we do. 
And that only comes from practice. And I think practice mastery is a combination of that knowledge, experience, intuition and passion. Because you never see a chiropractor who has been in practice for 40 years unless he still has a passion for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And I think that the combination of those things, uh, practice mastery to me is a little bit like homeostasis. It's not actually a destination. It's something that you're on a journey towards. And sometimes it's not a straight line, you know. That journey is not in a straight line. So you may learn things by making mistakes. You may learn things from watching other practice masters. And I think it's a matter of just being open to um, new ideas, new possibilities, and incorporating into whatever suits you as an individual to make you better at what you do. Which is totally customized. Well spoken. Bravo. Mm. So let me ask you this. Did you achieve some degree of practice mastery? Oh, absolutely. I think I did. I think um, if you ask me to what degree, I really don't know because, as I say, I don't think it's actually a destination. I think there are different times during my practicing career that I reached different pinnacles in different parts of practice. Um, But what I do know is we can all get a little complacent sometimes. And when that complacency sets in, that's when your mastery, if you like, is put on the back burner. So it's really a matter of every now and then taking stock. And sometimes that might be uh, someone who you are seeing in your practice who perhaps provides you with a really difficult situation that you have to deal with that hits your reset switch and you come away thinking, gosh, you know, I've, I've been slack. I've got to get back on top of this. So I do think that it would be silly to think that you can always maintain the same levels of excellence and passion every single moment of every day. So I think it's also very important to regularly take stock of where you are, where you've come from, and is this the direction that we still want to go? Wow. Sage, wise words there uh, from a lot of years of experience, as well as now having been a teacher and educator of, of future chiropractors, right? Don't miss another secret to your practice success. Subscribe to Practice Mastery today at highprofitspractice.com forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us a little bit about Lyceum. Well, we had a very interesting Lyceum this year. It's an annual event. Obviously, BJ Palmer started the original Lyceums and they used to have them in a big circus tent because BJ was uh, so enamored with the circus life and he was involved in it. We usually have ours in a hotel as you would a normal chiropractic seminar. But this year, because of the changes, the challenges that we've been met with in terms of getting people, you know, 
people like yourself from overseas. It's it wasn't possible this year. We decided to do a little bit of a change up, and we we decided we're going to go back to the basics. So I have some friends who have a, a beautiful farm just out of town here, with a, a big wool shed that's well appointed as part of it. So we decided this year Lyceum was going to be a, a New Zealand you can do it number eight wire thing. Now the number eight wire means this, uh, all of the fences and the farms around New Zealand have a particular gauge of wire that goes around the fences and it's called number eight wire. And the saying is all based around the idea that uh, New Zealanders can basically fix anything. We can solve any problems. We can do whatever we want to do as long as we've got some number eight wire handy because number eight wire can be bent into any shape, can do whatever you want it to do. It'll hold things together and it'll you can make anything out of it. So New Zealanders are often known for their number eight wire mentality. Uh, they, they'll find solutions. So we decided this was going to be the theme and we put a big tent up in a paddock right by the wool shed. Uh, we were having... Uh, the speakers were all domestic speakers who were talking from their own experience of the challenges they had had in practice, how they overcome the, overcame them, and just that solution-based thinking. Well, right up until three days before the event, we weren't sure whether we were going to be able to have it because we had like nearly 400 people registered for this event and we're only allowed to have 100 people gathering. <laughs> but if I see the problem. Yeah, yeah. If the New Zealand government were to change the level that we were at, and they were due to do that on the Monday, uh, and it would come into effect on the Wednesday, then if it was level one, we would have been able to go ahead. They didn't change the level, so we had to quickly trim it back. Basically, we had to cancel the event but we still had a bunch of chiropractic officers and their staff who were still going, they'd made arrangements, they'd got accommodation. So they were still going to come to Taupo. So we said, well, we'll, we'll still have the tent and we'll still have the wall shed. We'll get a bunch of barbecues. If you're still going to come, let's have a, let's have a bit of a gathering of a hundred or less. And it was a bit of a free for all and it was fantastic. Everyone loved it because it was very casual. You had to dress up in your farming gear with your gumboots and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And, um, and we had a, a less organized agenda and people were able to contribute if they wanted in an open mic session with a big bonfire, barbecues and, and refreshments all day with, with buses to and fro. And it was a fantastic event. Now, of course, everyone's saying, telling me, well, we, we should make this Lyceum every year. Of course. <laughs> it's like the good old days when people didn't really organize things very much. Let's just have a big, great, big get-together of chiropractors and staff and families. Wow. It was exactly. It was exactly that, Alan. And believe me, it was absolutely what everyone needed at the time. It was great. It, it sounds like a very heart-opening, heartwarming event. So, Wow. Now, I want to ask you, what, what do you think, visionary you are, 
What is the direction of chiropractic practice worldwide right now? Of course, I mean, you have insights, you have actual facts. I'm talking about what's your kind of intuition and more so where would you like to see chiropractic practice go? That's a very good question because it's, you know, every, every year I hear people say, you know, there's, there's never a better time to be a chiropractor. There's never been, no one has ever said, now's not a good time. <laughs> and, and I don't think there has been a, a bad time. But what I do think is that we're never going to have complete, we're never, never going to have unity in this profession of ours. And we've seen that recently with, you know, quite a bit of uh, contentiousness around the WFC and then moving into more musculoskeletal treatment only and not so much neuromuscular skeletal and then there's been some fallout their research council have all kind of resigned on mass because they want us to head down this muscular skeletal track and call it evidence-based and you know the one thing is we do know that chiropractic since its very very inception has not just been about the treatment of musculoskeletal conditions. Chiropractic care has incorporated the neuromusculoskeletal. It's incorporated far more than just treatment of certain conditions, but it hasn't been fully understood. And I think we need to just keep pushing to understand a little bit more about some of those things that we don't necessarily have evidence for at the moment, other than anecdotal and other than it being self-evident. And what I'm talking about here is the influence that chiropractic can have on the inherent ability that a a human body has to self-regulate, self-coordinate, and ultimately to self-heal. It's undoubtable in my mind that taking care of the spine and nerve system and keeping that relationship in good order goes a long, long way to allowing humans to function at a greater potential, full stop, regardless of whether they have headaches, backaches, saw back, whatever it might be, regardless of that, it's absolutely evident that that happens. And the science will tell us that these processes and functions are primarily controlled by the nerve system. And that's what chiropractic has always been about. So when I think of chiropractic, that's what I think about. When I think of, you know, musculoskeletal injuries, conditions, and treatment of, I think physiotherapy, because to me, that is physiotherapy. That's not chiropractic. Right. And, so, and, yeah. yeah t- totally. And, and you know what I would add to that? My perception of that is that, and, and this is a language that we should really be uh, adopting worldwide in chiropractic, is that is evidence-informed treatment doesn't mean they're absolutes doesn't mean you restrict the number of visits based on one study it's evidence informed so we still don't know all the answers exactly like you said but 
we have some good information that suggests this way or that way. But, you know, the incredible thing, and, I, and as you were talking there, I, my mind went to astronomy and the universe. The things that, like this recent comet that showed up, well, it was always there. <laughs> it just, it, it, we, we didn't have the technology to observe it until we had this, the Hubble and, and a number of other factors and astronauts up there to observe it. And it's just like the nervous system. There's so many activities, um, spine and, and nervous system related that are happening, yet we can't always explain it. And yet it's been observed at times, but it just hasn't been well-defined. So to close it off, completely agree, to close it off and narrow our profession makes no sense whatsoever. And, you know, um, the, the, the naysayers and the ones that, you know, there's all, always family feuds, aren't there, Dr. Phil? Mm -hmm. So when yeah. there's a family feud, sometimes you have to go away for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's certainly um, there needs to be a certain amount of tolerance. I think when there's families involved, generally speaking, we understand each other well enough to know that there's certain tolerances that we need to um, at least respect. Um, and I think that I think that we're seeing some um, situations in our own profession where. People are not being tolerant. I mean, there's been some... Absolutely. It's ridiculous. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening recently that embarrasses me, quite frankly, for people to think, well, that's what chiropractors are like. And we're not. Chiropractors, from my experience, are very, very caring, sharing, empathetic individuals who want to help people. And I think we could probably concentrate a little bit more on that in terms of our interactions with each other, because we're brutal. We're brutal with each other, it would appear. And that doesn't look good. Uh, I think that perhaps we need to uh, have a ceasefire for a while and, and look about and say, well, actually, we are all quite caring, sharing people. Let's let that kind of be who we are and what people see of us rather than this infighting, because to be honest with you, Alan, most of it is, most of it seems to be around ego and greed. Absolutely. Well, what's new? This, that's called politics, isn't it? We well, won't go there it. today there, Dr. No. <laughs> Phil. I do want to talk to, as we start to wrap up here, you know, and you, you alluded to this, is what are you and New Zealand College of chiropractic doing to influence the practice of chiropractic worldwide and you kind of hinted and alluded to that but you certainly uh have a great leadership and a certainly that perspective that you gave us uh was brilliant and i hope listeners can take that and go you know maybe i, sh I shouldn't be so judgmental of our our colleagues yes they're colleagues but doesn't mean they're they, they have you know you're not married to them you're they're they're not your brother or not your sister and um be more compassionate and let's get it together yeah well i think what we're what we've always tried to do here at the new zealand college of chiropractic and we have a little saying we we joke about this by saying you know we're just trying to get more excellenter because <laughs> it's it's sort of one of those things where I coined the phrase, and it, and it was supposed to be ironic, 
but now all the students, they take, you know, they, they make fun of it. But when you're making fun of it, it's actually going in. And the point is, we've always recognised that there is this uh, delicate, intimate relationship between the spine and the nerve system that seems to have lots and lots of positive effect when you improve that relationship. So all of our research, which is being conducted by our graduates who were, who were taught to think this way, all of our research is consistent with that. All of our teaching is consistent with that. We have a very vitalistic kind of approach to all of the subjects that we teach, including those sort of didactic, more Newtonian linear uh, subject material. We try to give that a vitalistic twist as well. And by vitalistic, I'm not talking about some pseudo-religious mumbo-jumbo as some people think vitalism is. All we're talking about is the acknowledgement that organisms can self-regulate, self-coordinate and self-heal and the primacy of the nerve system involved in all of that. That's what we're talking about. So we try to produce graduates who are very, very good at being able to explain chiropractic, who are very, very good at analysing that relationship between the spine and the nerve system and are very, very good at making the adjustments that are necessary to improve that relationship and more so is to maintain that for as long as we possibly can to get the best result. That's what we're doing here in New Zealand and it tends to be practised more that way down here. There's far less influence here on third-party payments. It's, it's not like that down here. So uh, there becomes a whole lot less pressure to actually you know, do a lot of other stuff that we're maybe not so good at in order to get paid more by insurance companies because it doesn't happen here. So I think as a result, we have a situation where we have chiropractors who are really, really good at chiropractic. Right. That's well. That is so refreshing and excellent to hear for, for all our listeners there. Enjoyed the podcast? We'd love to hear your comments. It's simple. Rate and review Practice Mastery today at wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to see your review. Final question is. Um, you know, what message would you have for the young chiropractors and certainly the students of today, the future chiropractors, the future masters in chiropractic? What, what message would you give them? Well, I suppose if I took a leaf from my own book, it would be, number one, work out where it is that you want to practice. Where do you resonate? Where do you feel right? What makes you feel at home? And it doesn't matter how many chiropractors there are in that town. If you go somewhere where you resonate, you are going to be a better community member. And if you're serving your community well, and you're prepared to stay there long enough, like two years for an associateship, that's just getting experience. But if you go somewhere where you want to set up and you want to be, and you just be there for long enough, you're going to be successful if you're in a place that you want to live. And then you can just just concentrate on being the best chiropractor that you can be 
and working towards achieving that practice mastery that you were talking about before, Alan. Wow. Great message. Love that. Uh, those are great final words. Uh, thank you very much today uh, for today's uh, podcast interview. Uh, great visiting with you, Dr. Phil, and always see, loved seeing your, your uh, happy, smiling face. I think you're still in a good place right now, and you're looking forward to a new baby. So isn't that a special occasion? Yeah, yeah. Probably should just make that clear. It's a grandbaby. Oh, <laughs> yes, a grandbaby. That's that's what I meant. But a baby, as in yeah, absolutely. I mean, your I'm, baby. <laughs> this could be happening sort of any moment as a, as we finish, actually. So well, that, that's it. pretty awesome. So just remember this uh, on this day, uh, the the birthday of a of a grandbaby. Yep. You're here uh, on Practice Mastery, the podcast. Okay, thank you, Dr. Phil McMaster, uh, for your great words and great insights and terrific uh, wisdom uh, for being on our show today. Thank you, Alan. Thanks much. <laughs>